That season break is over and we are back at it. Hey, everybody, it is your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, And welcome to episode number 38 of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks for working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is you can't scale chaos. So hold on tight. Here we go. Before I finish this intro, another life will be lost to a vehicle crash, and the $500 billion economic impact of vehicle crashes will only keep growing. Are you an attorney, expert witness, police officer, or insurance adjuster in charge of negotiating, investigating, or litigating vehicle collision cases? If so, then you're in the right place. The Expert Angle podcast was created for you because we believe that the industry must evolve, grow, and get better daily. And the only way to do that is by building the best team of experts possible to ensure that these crashes are handled efficiently, accurately, and honestly in order to get justice for the victims. We're Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and this is The Expert Angle. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This episode of the Expert Angle podcast is brought to you by Virtual Crash Accident Reconstruction Software. If you are tired of having to purchase, upkeep, and run multiple programs during an investigation, Virtual Crash is the cure. With Virtual Crash, you can build 3D environments using your actual scene data. You can simulate, animate, and create awesome visuals. You can also use the new momentum analysis tool for vehicle motion. Basically, Virtual Crash is the complete accident reconstruction software solution. Solution. Visit vcrashusa.com today to download your free trial or schedule a live one-on-one demonstration. All right, Phil. So here we go, man. Uh, an episode I am really excited for. And for, for a couple reasons. One, everybody, if you are watching the video episode, you will notice we have a new face joining us. Uh, slightly better looking than Phil. Slightly. Uh, you know, but, you know, but in reality, though, uh, this is a show I've wanted to do because you have a lot of police officers that listen to the show that either have or are thinking about doing reconstruction on the side. You have a lot of attorneys that listen to this show that have either their own firms or are thinking about doing their own firms. And you have, if nothing else, you have a lot of, of police officers who, even if you're not thinking about going out, you at least are working for a traffic unit or a crash unit or something uh, where you guys are investigating crashes. And so I wanted to do this show and we're going to call it, you can't scale chaos. Right. And, and so this is going to be an interesting show because I think we've learned a lot over our last 10 years in business and we have scaled chaos, tried to scale chaos, um, you know, and we've learned a lot of what not to do. And, and started to actually make the, the proper moves. Um, you know, so, so this is going to be kind of a, a, a raw show and, and a little bit of a gut check and, and pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, but I, I don't think me and Phil were ever the most equipped to do this show. But recently, we have hired somebody new. So we have brought Nicole Huber on for any of you guys uh, who um, do use our, our reconstruction services. Um, you have probably talked to Nicole here or at least gotten an email from her or have her CC'd on an email in the last couple of days, last, last few weeks. Um, so Nicole worked with me at a, at a prior business that I owned. And so uh, she always had wanted to, to come over to Crash Tech, but we just we were never really in a place to, to have somebody that just ran the office. Um, but, uh, so anyway, so she left the, the old business after I sold it off and lo and behold, it, timing was good. So we brought her over to crash tech to try and, and shore this up. So what I don't want this show to become you two is an Eric bashing show. <laughs> so, <I'm out>. right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some stuff here and there. I'm, I'm sure, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, you know, let's just, let's just be honest. So, uh, oh, wait a minute. You said it's not an Eric bashing show. Just, and then you tell if we can be honest. I mean, you need to pick your poison <laughs> here, mister. So I, but like, you know, so me and Phil, because of the, you know, for the most part, we've always had our law enforcement background going on stuff like that. And so I would say organization of just having processes and, and well-defined roles and, and who does what and all this stuff. We kind of just flew by the seat of our pants for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we had pants on when we were flying at that point. <laughs> Ew. 
<laughs> Phil was wearing his crowd pleasers. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, you know, and the problem is, and I think you and I both uh, suffered from this a little bit, was trust. Not yeah. trusting you and I, it's trusting that the entity you partnered with is um, going to follow through on their end. Now, they eventually followed through months and months and months and months later. And that's that's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's introduce Nicole here. Um, so, yeah, you know, Phil just hit it right on the head. And I, I think what what kept us back from from hiring somebody for this position was the trust issue. And, and, you know, that's something I struggle with anyway, Phil, just between me and you, because I just I, deep down, I just know I can't trust you. And uh, <laughs> but Nicole. So, no, you know, in, in all honesty, Nicole oversaw um, uh, what about million dollars, a million and a half dollars in, in annual revenue of mine coming in and uh, was responsible for for taking care of customers and, and making sure that we provided the best service to them and and everything. else. And she did such a fantastic job. So, uh, you know, I can't, I couldn't be more excited to have her with us, um, you know, and really running the office support. So for you guys listening, if you've reached out, especially some of the officers that listen to the show, um, she's already talked to you guys because when I brought her over to crash tech, um, I gave her access to, you know, so she, she gets my email and everything else. So Nicole, let's just throw it out there. How bad was my email, uh, when, when you jumped in? <laughs> I mean, it might have taken me a week to go through everything. So, Legit a whole week. Yeah. You know, and it's just, but you see the volume of emails that come in. It's, right. it's, it's unbelievable. And, and so, you know, that's something you guys got to think about if, if you're going to jump into this on the civil side is you have to have a, a plan in place. And, you know, you've gone with me to, to a lot of the business conferences and stuff like that, Nicole. So you've heard that phrase, you can't scale chaos. You can't scale chaos, but the other one that I really picked up that I think goes really well with everything is you need to hire somebody if you're going to hire somebody. One is the trust, but two is you have to hire somebody that is worth more than what they're paid. So if they're not willing to give you more than what you're paying them for, then it's not, especially for this type of position, they have to go above and beyond because once it's all taken care of and everything has a system, then it might be easier to scale that back. But at the beginning, they have to take that initiative. Yeah. So, you know, uh, for the officers and so for the officers listening also, Nicole is a police wife. So she also understands this whole side of stuff. Um, so she gets it. She, she fit real well in, into this well-oiled machine now. And so if you're an officer, right, and you're thinking about coming out and doing this on the private side, you need to already start thinking about who's going to help you just on the paperwork side and, and the, the keeping up with emails and just all of that, because it does get overwhelming, especially as you start to grow. I mean, when, when me and Phil first started and Phil's been with me since day one, when we opened the doors and, you know, we were sitting in class at, uh, at the ACTAR prep course. And I'm like, Hey, Phil, I think I'm going to start an accident reconstruction company. And he's like, that sounds cool. Want some help? <laughs> so you're regretting that decision, aren't you? Where's David's life? Right. He should have sat somewhere else in that room instead of right by me. <laughs> you know, and this is a true testament to the pharmaceutical side of things in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that hurts, man. That hurts. But, you know, think about. Go, go ahead. I remember a conversation you and I had years ago, and I wish I could remember the source that told you this. Um, but when we were originally on the path of, uh, we want to grow. We want to, we want to get a little bit bigger. We want to expand. And I remember someone cautioning and said, you know, you're going to go along with this, at this set rate and this set, um, growth pattern. And then all of a sudden one day it's going to just explode off out of control. And you're going to be like, Holy crap, how'd it happen? Mm -hmm. Um, it was the owner it, of Canton towing. It, it, okay. And it, it's, Kind of, you know, when I look back now and, you know, talk about scaling chaos, um, I look back now and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was such a true statement because, you know, we were working together doing it ourselves. And, and 
it just became so much, you know, Hey, I'm in the middle of this. Can you do this? And it's, you lose track of notepads and, you know, napkins you wrote something on, Holy crap. And you're making a phone call to, Oh, it was just chaos is, is really is uh, sugarcoating it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so having Nicole come on board is a godsend. I mean, it takes a lot of that off and you, and, and it gives you the, that ability to focus on certain things you need to focus on. Um, now, you, you know, I mean, you're always going to have those squirrel moments where you take off on wild tangents, but <laughs> I don't know who he's talking when about. You're not, when I think you're he's not, talking, I think he's talking about you, Nicole. I'm pretty sure that's you. I'm medicated for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it helps tremendously. And, and those that are looking at, at getting into the private side of this, they need to understand that that's exactly what's going to happen. And you need to have somebody, you know, I, I, you know, and I don't mean any disrespect, Nicole, when I say this, um, you need somebody that's a pit bull. So I'm not trying to say your dog, um, but you need somebody that's aggressive nice uh, and, calls and, me. and, you know, <laughs> aggressive and knows what needs to be done is not willing to accept an excuse for why it didn't get done. You know, it, it just wants it done and, and there's expectations and so on. So, and that helps, I guess, curtail that squirrel moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and by having a person like that doing what she does, um, I, I think absolutely helps you and I and the other guys stay focused on what we need to stay focused on mm-hmm. and do what we need to do, whatever our task may be that we're assigned. Yeah. Um, I'd be quite honest. I mean, I think, I think uh, back to Nicole's point at the very beginning, you need somebody who's worth more than they're being paid. I don't know that there's a more fitting person to fit that definition than Nicole right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I, I, a couple of things I want, want to kind of get into here is, as we go down this rabbit hole is, is you know, I, right now, I guarantee if you're a police officer, you're listening to this, if you don't work anything on the private side and you're like, well, how does this apply to me? Right. You don't control hiring at the department and stuff like that. But for you guys that are listening to this right now, the big hot thing are Metro crash teams right? You're multi-jurisdictional guys are starting to put them together. So I was, I was part of Summit County's team for a while. Um, uh, led Stark County's there for a while. And, and when I took my retirement from, from Canton, uh, we gave that over to Chris. Um, but like, you're in the process of, of kind of putting yours together, Phil. I know with, with the change of your boss and stuff, it's been up and down, um, you know, but you guys got to think about this because one department can be busy with crashes. When you start bringing on multiple departments, and right now I think we have nine departments that we handle crashes for in our county. Um, And so once that starts happening, think of all of your record requests that are going to come in, media requests. Think about attorneys that are going to be calling, insurance companies that are going to be calling, officers that need help, departments, chiefs and captains and their communications officers. And all these people are going to want information, want reports, want to know what you guys are doing. They're going to want you to go to events for public stuff. You're going to have mad that wants to talk the safe communities, people that want to talk, all these people are going to want to talk. And so you need to think that you need somebody on your team and generally it's going to be a supervisor, right? Because I I don't know about you, Phil, as a patrolman, I don't want to talk to the media, nor am I allowed to talk to the media. I don't think. (laughs) So, you know, and in fact, they teach you in the academy to just say the F word a lot when cameras are around because then they can't use any of that footage. So, you know, they can't quote you. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, if they do, is that going to make for an interesting (laughs) (laughs) news? Right, right. Exactly. So, you know, but think about that when you're starting to put together a traffic unit or a multi-jurisdictional team make sure to think, okay, can we get a supervisor from one department that can be our media guy, our go-to guy that we can send all of our media requests to attorneys and all these other people, but he needs to be a part of the team because he has to know what's going on. And generally you're going to want him to be a reconstructionist. And I'm going to applaud all the chiefs right now in Ohio uh, because we've, we've run two level one courses and we're getting ready to run a level two and they're packed full of supervisors because everybody's doing these crash teams and the chiefs are actually sending the supervisors to the schools. So I applaud the supervisors and the chiefs that are being proactive and are sending their guys out here and getting trained because they're like, well, dang, if they're going to be in contact with the media and all this, they should know what's going on and they should be a reconstructionist. So keep that in the back of your mind. You still have to have that position, even on the law enforcement side. Mm-hmm. 
you know? So anyway, but then on the private side and for the attorneys, does this sound familiar? Right? So you, you decide you're sitting there in your office one day and you're like, okay, I'm going to start scaling. And so what ends up happening, right? Is, is you take up, you step back from doing work, uh, working in your business and you start working on your business. Right. And so you start to see the results of that and, and business goes up, but then business gets so busy at some point that you're like, well, crap, now I have to work all this business that I've created. Right. And so while you're doing that, you take a step back from working on your business. And what happens then? It starts to come back down. Right. And then so it goes down, 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 down until now you're slow enough that you're like, okay, well, shoot, now I don't have work coming in because I haven't been working on the business. I've just been handling the cases I had. So shoot, now I need to start generating cases again. So you start working on the business, but it takes, you know, a month or so to ramp up and business starts coming in and you're like, okay, cool. I'm getting busy, 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 busy. And then you get up to that peak again. And then you're like, crap, I got so much business. I can't keep doing that. And this is now I got to work all the work. Right. And it's just, it's this peaks and valleys. It's the roller coaster. Right. I think everybody's, everybody has gotten to that point at some point uh, in your business. And so we can start to level that off by hiring the right people. All right. And so let's define a couple of roles. Phil, I made you read a book. Uh, I gave you the rocket fuel book, right? Or did I give you traction? I can't remember. Rocket fuel. Okay. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're coming out into it, first of all, go read rocket fuel because you need to know what kind of person you are. Two types of people. You have your visionaries and your integrators. And Phil was reading this book. And as you read this book, I remember you calling me and you're like, uh, Dude, did they write this book about you? <laughs> right? Because what does it say about your visionary, right? Every, every team has two great people, right? McDonald's had, had uh, uh, was it Ray or Roy? Croc. Uh, the guy that uh, was played in The Founder um, by uh, uh, Batman. <laughs> um, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Keaton, Michael Keaton played him in the movie, the founder. So you had him, right? He was your visionary. And then behind him, you also had an integrator that, that executes on his ideas. Walt Disney, the same thing. When Walt Disney was interviewed one day, he used to say, he was like, man, yeah, I envision, you know, I have these ideas for Walt Disney world and all this stuff. And I know what I want to do, but I don't even know how to write a checkbook or I don't, I don't know how to use my checkbook. I don't know how to write a check. I don't know how much money we have in our accounts at Disney. He had no clue. You know what I mean? He's just dreaming stuff up. That's your visionary. You know, Steve Jobs had, uh, I think Steve Wozniak, is it Steve? Right? Jobs was your visionary. Wozniak was your integrator. You know what I mean? And, and if you look at any great pairings, that's the way it runs is you have your visionary and your integrator. Your visionary, if you are a visionary, right? You're going to be the person that everybody thinks is ADD, right? And, and the, the best description I think in the book was, that you get whiplash or, or you give your employees whiplash, right? Because you're like, well, let's go this direction. Oh, let's go this direction. Let's go this direction. Let's go there. Right. It, I don't do that at all. Right guys. I've just learned to put my seatbelt on. <laughs> Four point harness, the <laughs> and a helmet. Right. And, and so very quickly, once we read this book, I'm like, Oh dang. So I'm just, I'm the visionary. Right. But you know what visionaries really, really stink at? following through and executing on their visions because we get distracted easily. Yeah. They come up with so, another idea. Yeah. And you come up with another idea. And yeah. so you have to have an integrator. You have to have some, because they're, they're completely two different types of personalities. Phil is my integrator, right? I mean, he's the guy that keeps, keeps a hold of my leash because without Phil, I would run off a cliff at a million miles an hour, <laughs> right? Without even thinking about what it. Direction that would be. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what direction it is. I'm just, boom, I'm gone. <laughs> I can fill out the report. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, so you have to have that person that I can say, okay, Phil, here's my, here's my, here's my bold idea. This is what we're doing today. <laughs> right. And we've had these conversations, you know, and, and, and the thing is though, if you don't have, if you don't have a good pairing and you don't have that visionary and integrator, um, process in place what ends up happening is your visionary will take off on a tangent because at that moment in time it's a great idea and then by the time they get so far into it and it's like terrible idea they've lost so much time they've got to get start all the way back at zero 
and and take back off on another tangent where you know it's nice to sometimes be able to sit back and just listen to to all the visions yep. uh, that you have <laughs> and um, easily describe your visionary as your yes man and your integrator is your no man or woman yeah and then sit down. I mean, how many times have we had that? Okay, there's this, 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 and this. Okay, and then we start breaking them down before we ever start really putting a foot on that path. Do we want to go that route yet? No. Or do we want to go that route at all? No. Yes, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you've got to have that partnering. And, uh, and remember and I think that, that also, that also goes back to that trust thing, though. So, yeah. like, you have to have that trust where the visionary and the integrator can – tell each other no and you are wrong or no this is a good idea and this is why you have to be able to have that where you can i wish you were around when some of those conversations were happening because there's a couple times where it's hello uh you there did i lose the call (laughs) it gets heated and you have to have that trust that you know that it's just a conversation no matter if it gets heated or not yeah Yeah. you know and and so remember too if, if you are If you're an integrator type personality, okay, you're the one that you're good at execution, you're well organized, stuff like that. Integrators can be successful without visionaries. You can, because you know what to do. Visionaries very rarely will be successful without an integrator because you just, you don't know how to get the things done that you need to get done. And so like, I've been lucky to have Nicole um, because man, how long's, how long's uh, your husband been? here eight years eight years so I've, I've known you for eight years now and you know the the biggest thing when i sold my last company and nicole stayed behind for a little bit um is she so nicole controls my calendar on my phone right and so without having her like i got used to over the last three four years of her having control of my phone uh, of the calendar and so i i just wake up in the morning and i do what my calendar says it's super easy <laughs> You know what I mean? And uh, I just, I just follow along, but without that, it was, it was rough. And so, you know, it's nice to have her back with me again. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> just, Especially when the wife can ask me to put stuff on the calendar too. Oh, right. It's bad. Yeah. So my wife now texts Nicole and she's like, Hey, put this on Eric's calendar. He needs to be here at this time. <laughs> so, um, you know, but it's nice to have that behind the scenes. And, and so you, you have to develop your, your team. You really do. You, it, it's my success and the success of Crash Tech has been solely because of my team. If it was left up to me, I probably would have been out of business nine years ago. Well, and I think um, one of the most overlooked functions of any business is what goes on behind the scenes that people don't see, and 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 that's why it's the forgotten, the forgotten fruit, because. You think about how much um, improvement and stress, improvement to the business flow, you know, the, the workflow in general, and then the uh, the stress that goes along with that by bringing in, you know, Nicole and, and, think, and having someone there. And, and, and now I, I, I don't know that you would admit it. Um, Never. But exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it it was very easy to to realize very early on, I mean, I don't think Nicole was here a week yet and it was, man, it's needed done a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know? And so when you're, when you're out there looking for the right people, I know you're all sitting there thinking, you're like, well, how do I know I have the right person? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, because how do you, how do you discover trust? How do you do all this stuff? Right. Well, I will tell you one, the, the number one thing is you've got to get to know some of these people and, and you have to have good, deep conversations. Okay. And you'll learn very quickly who are on your side or not. Everybody knows the infamous story of, of me buying my car and, and asking Phil to, you know, hold off on paying him so I could buy a car. And uh, Phil, the most hilarious phone call I've ever gotten in my entire life. Right. right. You know, Hey, so I know I owe you money, Phil, but do you mind if I'm a, a few weeks late on that? Because <laughs> I'm at the car dealership and need a down payment on this. Car. That's the best part of the story was like, <laughs> it wasn't the fact that you, that you had the courage to call somebody and ask them that question, but it was the fact that you really didn't leave me a choice. Cause you're like, I'm at the dealership. <laughs> he just assumed it was going to be yes. Right. Yeah. 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 I knew Phil was going to say, yeah, but, but at least on the plus side, at least I had the decency to call you and ask. That was was funny. Cause I got off the phone and I remember looking at Carrie going, you are not going to believe this phone call. (laughs) Well, I bet she kind of did believe it. (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, and, and, and with Nicole, how, how, you know, how do you know that Nicole's the right person, you know, to, to bring with me on this jury? So we were uh, going to Texas, coming back from Texas. And uh, so, so we'd flown out to Texas for a convention and I took Nicole with me. And so on the way back, uh, we couldn't get seats together. So Nicole's like up towards the front of, uh, of coach because, you know, at, at the time we're still new in business. So, you know, we're pinching pennies. And uh, so we're flying one of the cheaper airlines, coach, the whole nine. And Nicole's up towards the front. And I was like, oh, I'll take the seat in the back. Well, I get my seat and I have the whole row open, like nobody's sitting next to me. Right. So I put all the, <laughs> I put all the armrests up and I'm like, I've got my legs stretched out across the seats and I'm like sitting there reading my book and you know, the whole nine flying back to Ohio from Texas. Well, Nicole, <laughs> Nicole goes to the bathroom <laughs> and comes walking back through the plane. And what does she see? Well, she sees me stretched out across my entire row, like laying down <laughs> across the seats. And in the meantime, her whole row, both seats, because you were in the middle seat, weren't you? Yeah. And people on both sides, both of the seats on both sides of you were filled. (laughs) Um, That was the that was the first time I feared for my life. I was I was really I was hoping there was an air marshal on that plane so I didn't get murdered. (laughs) And, uh, you know, but that's that's the great part is you have somebody like Nicole who, you know, doesn't even skip a beat. And she's like, move your feet. I'm sitting down. (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, and then uh, she sat there and yelled at me the whole rest of the plane ride. So and he still keeps me around. So yeah, hundred percent. You know, so you got to have the people that can keep you in check. And I will tell you, if you're in the leadership position, you got to check your ego. You have to check your ego. There's no place for it. Well, and I think yeah, and and I think you need to be willing and mature enough and professional enough to understand that you are not always the smartest person in the room. You think you are. I'm not. But you might not be. And you may have somebody that's going to put you in check for a moment to, to get you to, to slow down, think about what you're about to do or say. And you need to appreciate that because they're not doing it to be a jerk. They're not doing it to be, you know, insubordinate or what have you. They're seeing something from a or, – or, from a different angle, but most importantly, from a different or through a different lens. Yeah. yeah and 100%. they may be the, they may be the lens that your audience is going to see it through as well. Well, I'll and, tell you right now, I am the smartest person in this room because I'm the only person. By yourself. Yeah. I'm, I'm by myself. You're all by yourself. <laughs> Even my dogs aren't down here right now. So legit, I can say I am the, the smartest person in the room. Um, but you know, it's, it's, yeah. It's the other thing too is, and when I say hire people, you can trust, right? The other thing too, that you want to look at and, and guys, this goes for the crash team too. hire for your weaknesses, right? Because you don't want a bunch of yes, men, the, this, this world does not need any more Eric Brown's running around. Right. I think one is enough. It's exhausting. It's exhausting having one in this world. Um, and, and these two will attest to that. You know, so you hire for your weaknesses, look for, and this, this requires you to be honest with yourself. What do you suck at? You know, for me, I'll just be honest. It's organization. That's what I'm horrible at because I just go, I go, 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 go all the time. And so everything just gets piled up and it's all, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later until I end up with a six foot pile stack of paper on my desk. Nicole, look at this paper on my desk. I'm gonna need you to come over this week. Take care of that. And, uh, (laughs) Don't worry, folks. She will come over here and just actually beat me. That's- she's she's, oh, she's going to disappear from the camera angle, and then she's going to reappear in your camera. She's going to be bam, right? Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the episode, I'm going to have this big. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have this big red mark on the side of my face for the rest of this episode. So don't don't worry, folks. It's uh, yeah. It, uh, but no, you know, like I know that's my weakness, so that's where I hire for. And and you know, likewise on the investigation side, we've said it before. I tend to be a little more uh, aggressive on the investigation side and Phil tends to be a little more conservative, you know, and, and case in point, I mean, we just did a case. We just finished one on Friday. When, when did we just peer? Yeah. 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 Friday and uh, Friday night, Phil texts me because he's peer reviewing my case and he goes, Hey, you need to call me. You're going to be mad. You know? And, uh, and so I did. And, and um, I think we were okay until we got down to the end. Yeah. And, and we had, a, we had a little, uh, we had a little moment, <laughs> a little, little moment of friction there um, with, with your critique of my investigation, you know, but um, 
it, and actually it was, it, it was good that it happened during dinner because I got to go eat dinner and kind of cool off a little bit and think about it. And, uh, and at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? He's right. Phil's right. And so you need that. You, you can't surround yourself with yes, men. That's what we all want to do naturally. I know, you know, years ago when I was, when I was hiring, um, and it used to create friction with my higher ups because I wouldn't necessarily look at a candidate or, or consider a candidate based on their passion for the job or their passion for the industry. Um, I looked at the candidate, did they, what was their passion for the mission for what mm-hmm. our company mission was? Um, because if, if someone's coming to you or coming to your, you know, and to the law enforcement side of it, if they're coming to your team to be part of your team, um, there's a motive behind why they're coming. Okay. Either they're miserable where they're at and they want out. So they're looking for an out. Um, so you need to get past that and, and let them kind of just talk a little bit and, and, and you'll see if they're, their true being or true person, what they're not telling you in words, they're telling you in, in subtle messages and body language, does that support in, in your mission as, as a company that you're, or a division or a specialty group that you're trying to, 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 to go with? And if it doesn't, I don't care how good of a person they are or how good of an expert they are, you are going to make a fatal flaw in bringing them on board. And it, it, yeah. it's not going to take too much time to find it. Yep. And guys, listen, if, if you are a supervisor at a department, okay, if you're not, go get your supervisor, put this podcast on for him right here at this moment, write down what time this is and let them listen to me talk to him here for just a second. Okay. This is going to make me unpopular. So you're going to send hate mail to Nicole.huber at crashtechreconstruction.com. <laughs> any of your complaints, shoot them over her way. She'll take care of it. Okay. Um, but I will tell you guys right now, okay. Don't hire Yes, men. Value difference of opinion. Okay. And that is extremely hard for police supervisors. All right. Yeah, Listen, and, and I've never been a police supervisor. I've been a patrolman my whole career, but I've been doing this for a long time now. All right. And I was a supervisor in the Marine Corps. Okay. <laughs> and, and Phil hit it right on the head. The number one task of the Marine Corps or the number one function is mission accomplishment above all else. That's what the Marine Corps whole thing is about mission accomplishment, right? And so it's got to be the same way in police. It has to be mission accomplishment. And the best way to do that is to value unique opinions. Do not, under any circumstances, beat your guys down to where they just give up and give in to your opinion because you're the boss. Right. If, if, that's, if that's the way it is, I'm telling you that makes a poor leader. That makes a poor leader. Right? Yeah. So be weary of that. Um, if you guys and, and attorneys, this goes for you guys too, right? I mean, when you start scaling your firms, make sure you're hiring people that will give you some pushback on a bad opinion or a bad idea Yeah, because they see it, right? I mean, in, in my mind, and I know in all of your minds listening to this, you're like, oh man, this is a great idea. This is the best idea ever, right? I mean, like I can call Phil tomorrow and be like, bro, we're gonna start selling pizzas on Monday from a crash tech vending cart on the street corner it's best idea ever <laughs> that part is i can actually see you saying that right 100 percent, right and i would be convinced that that's the best idea i've ever had in my life <laughs> you know the problem is um from a law enforcement side is that to some to some extent um i, I don't want to say it well it, to some degree it's an ego driven thing there's a lot of egos. There's a lot. Of, and some of that is just confidence and experience and so on and so on and so on. But the moment there's um, brass involved and the more brass and the higher the rank, it, those egos start to get a little bit, you know, I'm the boss. So it doesn't really matter what you think. My decision ultimately guides the ship. There's a lot of bad leaders out there. You know, and, and I had a conversation with an individual not too long ago, and I said, you know, the, the, there's certain certain things that companies need, and, and, and it applies not just to law enforcement, but it applies to companies as well. You know, every company is going to have a president, right, of the company or CEO of the, pre, uh, of the company, and that's great. 
you can be the CEO or, you know, chairman or what have you. That's fantastic to hold that title. Congratulations. But there's a time and place where that applies and where that position and responsibility or role um, works. The people that run and make you successful as the president and CEO are the people on the ground floor. They don't need a president. They don't need a CEO. They don't need a chairperson. What they need is a leader. And that's what they're after. Um, but if all they ever know you as a, as a person is the supervisor or, you know, the, the person making the decision, that's all you'll ever be. And eventually you're going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Your company, you will fail and ultimately your company will fail. Yep. And so, you know, it's, it's really like Phil said, you know, it, it's, there's, there's no place for pride and you got to take care of the people. And, you know, Nicole, I think you've been with me the longest. And I think on, on one terms, that's, that's one thing I've, I've been decent at, I think in leading both of my businesses now um, is because I always say, you know, and, and I got this from my karate instructor back when I was a little kid, he used to have a sign over his door because his wife ran the office and he taught the classes and he had a sign over the door. I said, do you want to talk to the man in charge of the woman that knows what's going on? <laughs> right. And that's always been kind of my motto with Nicole. I mean, do you want to talk to the man in charge or the woman that knows what's going on? Right. Because she in, in, in how long have you been with us now? Two weeks or three weeks? Uh, since the end of March, last yeah. week of March. And, and so, yeah, so three weeks. And, uh, so in, in that three weeks, I would say she has done more for the organization and for the back office processes than we probably have in 10 years. Fair enough, Phil. I, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and so she has gained a, a grasp of knowledge of what's going on in this company uh, in three weeks more so than what me, because me and Phil have always been focused on the field. You know what I mean? Like that's always been more important, the field work and making sure that the investigations get done and out to clients. We'll worry about the office stuff later. Right. Problem is it doesn't, it, it intermittently gets dealt with and that's down in the slow times and downtime. But I'm sure when Nicole, I could almost guarantee probably by lunchtime on the first day was probably sitting there going, Oh my God. Well, the first two things she did was my email. Like yeah. that was like number one task that she conquered because she can't stand. And I had what I have in my inbox, like 1200 unread messages. No, it was, you had over 4,000 messages. <laughs> Eric, real, real quick, because this just proves the point of what we're talking about. Cause I commented it, commented on it in the previous podcast. Share your desktop. Oh man, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh god. All right, hold on. So while he's doing that, really quick, one thing that when I first came in, I thought of it as like you guys having a now don't get all boy on me, but a bunch of balls to juggle. And it was to me, if you guys don't know how many balls you guys have because you guys don't have the organization there then you guys are going to get burnt out because things are going to come up too quickly. And you're constantly always playing catch up instead of knowing what is going on Mm -hmm. and how to spread it out evenly. Is that fair? That is fair. So, I mean, that's the way that I look at it. Case in point. (laughs) And that's only one of my screens. I have, I have three screens. That's only one of them. And they all look like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the most part. Now looking at that, (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and, and just from my organizational skills, that would drive me absolutely insane because every one of those could probably be consolidated down into a folder. Well, and look, actually, if you look over here, look, here's cases from 2016. There's a recon report from 2016 yeah. still on my so desktop. There could be a folder that says 2016 <laughs> cases. And it, but that that's the, you know, to your point of, you know, Nicole coming in and, and fixing the, the, the chaos that is the back end look, work. Right, right here. Look, here's our 2016 and 2017 Excel spreadsheet case managers. Case manager. Yeah. I I cannot, I couldn't, I could not operate like that. I just couldn't do it to me because then if I called you and said, Hey, Eric, do you have, I need such and such a folder. You're going to, for me, I would look at your screen and I'd be like, Oh my God, where's it at? But that's why it takes him forever to do anything because he's not quite sure where it is. I mean, how could be? But that's his system. Right. And that's, that's your system and everybody has their own systems, but you need to have a system that is easy enough for you to always 
be able to access. And that is Eric's system or his piles on his desk is his system. And but you know, oddly enough, I know what is in what pile. <laughs> but piles don't work when you have a wife like you do or a me that comes in and moves your piles and then you really don't know where stuff is. Right. I had minor, minor panic attacks, actually. Like, so day number two of Nicole uh, being with Crash Tech, she came over with my wife and just started picking up piles and was start shredding stuff. And you want to talk about a panic attack? Dude, I, I, I had to like leave the house. I was like, I, I can't even. Nope. <laughs> like, I was I was dying that they were shredding yeah. stuff. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so important to get that organization and and. You know, and the nice thing is when you have somebody that that has that structure, that has that, okay, I get what your vision is. I understand your process and what, what your goals are. Now just get out of my office and I will build a platform that meets that demand. Yeah. Yep. But it's my platform that I'm building. So I don't need your input. Let me build it. And then I'll, I'll help you understand the, the functionality of it. But, and that's, and it, it, that's needed and that's needed not just crash tech, it's needed at every business, it's needed at every, you know, law enforcement, hospitals, it doesn't matter. You have to have that. Um, or it's, again, you're trying to scale chaos. You couldn't have put it a better way. Yeah. And, and so, you know, really, when, when, when you look at this, all right, there, there's a couple things you got to do. And, and so take this with a grain of salt. But, uh, you know, I've, I've it, for my past business, um, I, I was used to consult with other business owners and help them grow and scale their businesses. And now for some reason, um, people have figured out that I can do it on, on this side also on, on for reconstruction. So now I've, I've worked with uh, three reconstruction companies uh, helping them scale and, and kind of get a grasp on, on their stuff. And, and uh, one guy is actually just coming out. He's just starting his, his company. I was the first person he reached out to and said, Hey, can you help me out and, and get me off going on the right foot? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, here's the thing, a number one, the first thing you need to do. And if you haven't done this, if you are a law firm, if you're a reconstruction company, if you're an engineering firm, if you're anything, I will tell you, this is, these are a couple things you need to do one. Okay. First and foremost, what's your mission? What's your, what, what do you do? You know what I mean? And, and on a deep level, like what's your vision and you need to become just crystal clear and, and solid on your conviction because it was like a year and a half ago, I reached out at, at our winter meeting. I think it was our winter or a summer meeting, one or the other. And I asked everybody, I said, do you guys know what Crash Tech's mission is? What's my view of the company, right? And everybody was like, uh, we do reconstructions. <laughs> okay. That's what we do. Right, that's right. what we do. But what's my vision, right? And nobody knew it. So how in the world could my team behind me support my vision if they don't know what it is, right? right? And, and a lot of times, and especially if you're a visionary, it's one of our personality traits that we just assume because to us, it's crystal clear, right? And so I assume that you guys know what I want done, like that you know what's in my mind going on at all times. I assume Phil knows. So <laughs> that is a scary place to be sometimes. Let me <laughs> yeah, you know, so one, right? Define your vision, write it down and share it with your team. That has to be one because then they can make the, the determination. Are they on board or not? Right. You know what I mean? Are they with you or no? And if they're not, let them go, get rid of them. Right. If you're doing a crash team, what is your guys's vision? What's your mission? Can everybody support that or not? If you can't get, get going, get gone. Head on out, Phil. <laughs> as, as, as he as he uh, no, as he typed in his recon report. Head on out. <laughs> can, can I bring my emoji in? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh man, we haven't seen that in a while. You know, but yeah. So clearly define that vision. Yeah. Then the next step is you need to write down your process. And and so this is something I took some time doing uh, last year, and, and and I developed this is the crash tech process. And if you go to our website, you'll see it. If you want to steal it, borrow it, copy it, what have at it. I mean, it's there for everybody's view. You know what I mean? But it, it spells out from, from the second a client reaches out to us, we get the phone call or the email, what the process is step by step by step all the way until completion. It spells it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that helps with accountability. And then right. once you have that process, decide who's going to do what roles and hold them accountable. 
you know, and that's, that's kind of what we just did with Nicole here is, is we sat down and we said, okay, Nicole, this is what you're going to do. Right. And we sat down and we said, Phil, this is what you're going to do. And for me, this is what I'm going to do. And that way one person is responsible for each task. And guess what? That person is accountable for it getting done or not. Yeah. And I think if you can do those three things to at least start, I think you'll be a lot better off. You'll be a lot further ahead and things won't be so chaotic. Yeah, it's and, and, and again, that's a you can apply that philosophy to not just private sector work, but, you know, public. You think about fire and EMS personnel and they respond to a scene. Most generally speaking, everybody fires out of the vehicle and knows exactly what their task is. Mm-hmm. You know, this person goes and they may be the, the initial assessor. Meanwhile, there's two people in the background grabbing this gear, that gear, this gear, that gear. Everybody knows without saying a word what the process is. Or our arch nemesis on the police department, Phil, right? Because you have two different types of people. You have crash guys and you have the SWAT team, right? And as much as we hate to admit it, because we don't like to give the SWAT guys credit for anything because they're just our polar opposites, right? We're the brains, they're the muscle. All right. But that is something that those guys are excellent at. Watch them come out of their armored trucks without saying a word to each other. They know where to go, what to do, what position they're doing. The shield guy's got the shield. He's already ready to go. The breacher's in position. He, you know, with his breaching tools, the, you know, all of it. Number two, number three, number four. Everybody knows if I'm number four man, I know what my role is. Number two man knows what their role is. Number one, everybody knows. And they stay in that role unless that role is handed off, you know, different roles handed off them and then they transition and everybody then knows what they're supposed to do. Yep. That's kind of how it has to work for you to be successful. So, you know, in a private side, that's one thing on the, on the law enforcement side, getting back to agencies that may be looking at sharing resources to build a team. Everybody needs to know what the role is. What is their responsibility? You know, if you have, whatever it may be, there's, and, and you said at the beginning of this, there's no room for egos. There's no room in the team for, well, I'm a sergeant. Why should I have to do that? I don't care what you are. This is a team effort. This is not a you effort. If, it, yep. if we're going to make this a you effort, there's a door, you know, and we'll bring somebody in that, that wants to, to to accomplish the mission, not accomplish the mission with, you know, making sure that credit is assigned. That's not what this is about. Yeah, um, and, and I think that's where a lot of teams um, struggle to even get developed because it always starts out with conversations of this is a great idea, all oh, this is awesome, all these other conversations take place, and then when it gets right down to it, can't get it going because people can't let go of ego. Yep, hundred percent. You know, and it, and it's funny actually too. And as as I think about the roles and stuff, I like guess so I I just recently discovered uh, one of my really good friends. I knew she was a paralegal. I didn't know where she went to and I hadn't talked to her in a while. And so I just discovered what law firm she's at. And it's funny because I stopped by the other day. And so I just text her and I'm like, Hey, is the human you're responsible for in the office today? <laughs> because, because she is their Nicole, you, you know? And, and so it's funny. So, uh, you know, attorneys, you know, when you guys are picking your paralegals and stuff like that, make sure you are applying these same principles um, because you don't realize it. I think a lot of times, Right but your paralegals and your guys' assistants are, are critical. They're, they're crucial. I mean, to us as the, as the investigators, because a lot, you guys are busy, you're in court, you're doing, you're, you're, you're doing arguments, you're taking depots, you're doing all this stuff. So a lot has to get done behind the scenes and, and you have to have somebody there that you can trust because that's really who we reach out to. I mean, Nicole, I mean, that's, that's who you predominantly like talking to are, are the paralegals and the, and the support staff. Right. You know, and because you don't have to bother the attorney, you can get everything done behind the scenes. So make sure you're thinking about that because this person's doing a lot in, in your absence that you may not realize that they're doing. So make sure that you, you appreciate that and, uh, you know, hire for that. Um, so let, as we wrap it up, I'm going to give you guys the, the, the pearls of wisdom here. And uh, so Phil, I'm going to let you go first. That way, when you say something stupid, Nicole can, can clean it up. I kind of, I'm going to defer to you this morning. <laughs> You're going to defer to me. Yeah, oh, I man. Hear, I want to hear what ridiculousness comes out of your mouth at 926 in the morning. <laughs> I don't know that I have any pearls of wisdom today. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a first, right? 
no, you got, so, you know, you got a pearl. Yeah, I don't know if it's wisdom, but <laughs> right? Yeah, that's all good. But no, so you know, my my big thing that that I would leave you with is exactly what we talked about, right? Hire for your weaknesses, right? Do not hire for people that think like you, act like you, apply the same principles as you. Now, I want people to have the same ethics as me, right? Right. The same moral compass as me and that buy into my vision, but I want them to have their own opinions and I want them to be different than me because that way it makes a well-rounded team. There you go. That's mine. Ha. How about that? That was pretty good. I like it. All right, Nicole, what do you got for us? You've been, you've been with me now for, for four years. I have running, running, running the, the, the show behind the curtains. But like I said, everybody knows you. And so, uh, you know, uh, you've been that silent voice. You're the, you're the, you're the, the wizard and the wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Um, I'm the floating head. <laughs> well, Very well put. Is chaotic, right? And it's just about making organi- organized chaos. I mean, that's at the end of the day, everything's going to be chaotic. You just have to put it into a process. There's Bella. There's <laughs> <laughs> the dog, Andrews. They got to go out. Just saying. <laughs> Part you got to prepare for the chaos. dog walking in. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, that's all right. Phil's dogs were down in, in his office here just a little bit ago. I could bring my canine in. He might not like Eric's face, though. Right. That's all good. <laughs> Scout doesn't like my face either. Ugh. So FYI, if you ever stay at Phil's house, so anybody listening to this podcast, if you come to Ohio, you can stay at Phil's house. And uh, so <laughs> the weird part is, though, his oh, dog nice. Scout. So he has a, uh, a bull or a, uh, boxer. boxer. Yeah. And if you've never dealt with boxers, they're an interesting breed of dog. And uh, so she comes in your room about every hour to check on you and make sure you're still alive. And so it's, it's weird because she just bumps the, the side of the bed to shake it enough to wake you up. And then like you, you like open your eyes and she's just looking at you. <laughs> yeah. And she did like, she just looks at you and then she walks out of the room and never breaks that gaze. <laughs> she just slowly, it's the creepiest every hour <laughs> all through the night. <laughs> That so. and when you first come home, she folds herself into a V and kind of like runs and hops sideways. It's this weird. Yeah, they're uh, an interesting, interesting breed of dog. So, yeah. all right. Well, there you go, guys. That's, you know, in a nutshell, I think if you can apply some of these principles, right, you're going to be a lot more successful coming out and, and growing into the future um, so that you're not scaling chaos, right? Start scaling a well-organized oiled machine as you go into the future and you'll find things be a lot easier. You do have pearl wisdom. Oh, dang. Well, see, we just skipped over you because I figured you didn't have any. Well, I wanted to defer, let you ramble first, but. All right, lay it on us. Challenge your visionary. No, don't do that. Challenge your visionary. <laughs> um, because some of the ideas they have may be phenomenal ideas and may be the step that takes your organization or your operation to the next level. But if they can't explain it, and it's just a vision, challenge it. Yeah. There's a, I actually have a sign, or not really a sign, it's, um, a uh, printout in my office, and it says, vision without execution is just hallucination. Yeah, 100%. And that's, and that's absolutely true. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the day, guys. As always, if you have a case that you want us to review for free or you just want to connect with us, jump on over to CrashTechReconstruction.com. Also, remember to follow us on Facebook at Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our show and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. And finally, remember to always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we do is for that.